take a sweet. Mm, it's almost that time. Take yeah, man, the Swig Podcast, man. We gotta tune in. Man, let me grab this beer right quick, man. Yeah, let me get my drink ready. Yeah, man. They be talking about all types of stuff on the man, the loggers, the man. There's some beers I ain't never even heard of on there. We about to learn about them, though, too. Yeah. What's up, world? It's your boy, the Bearded Brother. And Shani Hadia, the marvelous gift in the building. And we are back with our season finale. I'm going to miss y'all. And it's been it's been a been a ride. Yeah, we we only gonna be gone for a little minute though. Just um, taking a holiday break, regrouping, you know, coming back together, with yeah, <laughs> probably taking a break from drinking a little bit and try to lose like a couple of the pounds that I put on during this time. Right. But you know, we'll try. Yeah, we'll but see. speaking of rides, where where you been? Oh. I've been following your Instagram and it looks like you've been everywhere but Nashville. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. So um, I did a seven day road trip. Um, started off with Scratch Brewing, delicious beer. Um, I was already in love with them before I went, but after visiting, I'll definitely want to go back. Yes, uh, I already kind of have plans to go back in the spring. I mean, but Let just me not know. a date. <laughs> Let <laughs> me like, know, because yeah. you've been talking about this brewery. I got, I got to go now. Yeah. So when spring comes around, hit me up. We'll yes. make that a whole, whole trip out of that. Yeah, then... Um, Stayed in St. Louis. I don't think I did a. I did uh, Shafley in St. Louis. Um, then Kansas City and um, hit Boulevard there and some other breweries. I'm not gonna name all of them because I just probably smoke too much weed for that. Um, <laughs> 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 then <laughs> we went to um, Oklahoma City, which was a crazy experience in itself because so we went we were supposed to go to omaha's uh sioux falls south dakota but saw in the forecast that it was um, snow so we're like okay boom let's make a shift we're gonna go south there you go. like dallas got 86 degrees we can stop here you know it'll be a little cold but then we'll yeah um, once we got to kansas city we saw the weather changed in Dallas, and it was like 40-something degrees. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, it was dreary in a nice storm. So we drove to Oklahoma City. I did get to hit Prairie Ales, which was really good. Um, but our Airbnb ended up losing power at like 9 p.m. Oh, no. We were looking for hotels. The hotels were without power. And, yeah, and so we... Um, we just went ahead and pushed it to Dallas. So it was like a three hour ride to Dallas. Pulled in at one in the morning looking for a hotel there. Made it happen. And in the morning it was good because we didn't have to drive anywhere. We just had a day, two full days in Dallas at that That's point. Good. Yeah. But it was a little rough getting there. <laughs> it sounds like it. Yeah. I was like, oh man, I hope y'all don't have to sleep in the car getting somewhere at one in the morning. Yeah. Nah. <laughs> nah, I will, I will shell out some cash to be safe now. You know? oh, that's, that's fair. That's good. Yeah. Then hit some breweries in um, in Dallas. Uh, got back, backstage, if you will, access to um, uh, Pedicola's. I can't ever think of, I can't ever say the name right, um, Brewery, and which was really cool. And then we rolled up to Little Rock, hit breweries there, stopped in Memphis, picked up some Bill Street Brewing beer, and 
haunted house in Nashville last night. So there you go. <laughs> Finishing up the whole trip with some fear. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I that thought was I was doing something just going to Savannah. Like we drove down there. It was fine on the way down because we stopped at my mom's house, stayed, and then went down to Savannah the second day. Uh-huh. When we got down there, after a surprisingly pretty good craft beer scene, mm-hmm. and I wasn't expecting too much with like two tides that had um, Moon River down there. That was pretty good. And then they had um, South Southbound, I think it's called. We couldn't make it there, but okay. I was really impressed with um, Two Tides. They had really good I, uh, hazy IPAs and sours. That's what they specialize in. Okay. But, of course, my favorite was their Tiramisu uh, Imperial Stout. And let me tell you, it tastes just like the dessert. So I was, <laughs> I was very impressed with it and very happy with, with that. And it was just nice to... Get out of Nashville. You don't realize how much of a vacation you need until you're on the vacation. You're like, I needed this like two months ago. It took so long. (laughs) I'm not going to lie. I realized that I need to be laying on somebody's beach for my next vacation. It was a nice drive. eh, Not really scenic. It was a whole lot of flatlands. But it was fun. But I want to go and lay on somebody's beach and just enjoy enjoy myself. I feel that. we um so we have a pretty you know i think now that we told y'all about um y'all probably can check our ig for more info and on my stories are full of the ride so you got about a day to see the, right <laughs> some of it <laughs> right right so. <laughs> <laughs> but um we are here at embrace the funk with yazoo brewing company this is going to be a fun conversation because oh, yeah, you're not that big on sours. No. So I'm gonna I'm gonna enjoy seeing your face pucker up, and I have been, you know, kind of on my own little quest for some farmhouse ales and such, and enjoying some really good saisons. And um, I think we got one poured up here, but. Before, to introduce our guests. Yeah, before we get to the introducing the beer, we got two important people we need to uh, have introduced, and we're just going to start right here. Okay, uh, hey y'all, my name is Linus Hall, the owner of Yazoo Brewing. Hey, I'm Brandon. I uh, head up the Embrace the Funk Sour and Wild and Funky program, and do all the barrel repairs here too. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew you'll be? A, wait, okay. So you said you were on. You were in television. Yeah. So, so yeah, I um, originally um, in college. I went to uh, I went to school for broadcasting okay. and uh, worked in television. Uh, worked at the NBC station in Knoxville uh, in '93 to '95, and then in Johnson City at CBS, and then did some time at ESPN and Fox okay. Sports, and then moved out here in 2000 and worked for uh, WTVF, the uh, CBS affiliate here and um, uh, mostly did entertainment shows and some of the newscast directing and uh, won (laughs) won my first Emmy out here too so you got a whole Emmy yeah wow (laughs) we got a a whole celebrity (laughs) yeah we got an Emmy award winning guest on our show how about that how many people say that (laughs) six (laughs) months after recording yeah (laughs) we got our season finale up sorry Linus you know Brandon I know you own this place but Brandon (laughs) has come through <laughs> so how did you get into craft beer? Yeah. Well, 
in a, it's it's funny and you know when you're living in a fraternity house in the 90s and um, you have an actual paycheck from uh, you know from a TV station and you're looking for money to things to spend your money on okay you go out right. as a stupid kid and go what's the most expensive thing I can buy and you know in the time there was a lot of good beer coming out and imports coming out okay and so I instead of buying two dollars pictures of Southpaw was buying eight nine dollars six packs of bass and oh you, you were know, fancy NBL. yeah i was yep. super fancy with <laughs> my little, out you know, yeah, the beer. My little room was about the size um, so uh, i just kind of developed a taste for these beers that weren't you know weren't light light yeah. lagers and you know really one of my favorite beers of all time is still uh, bass and uh, and sam smith and so okay. I just really got hooked on those styles and learning about what those, uh, what this other better beer world was. Okay. And, uh, then when I moved out here, my um, uh, fiance at the time, um, she bought me a Mr. Beer kit, and I learned to brew some stuff. Uh, learned how to brew uh, unintentional sour beer <laughs> in my apartment because those kits don't teach you enough about sanitation. Yeah. And uh, so I uh, had made a raspberry wheat beer and uh, got home one night. It was late, and you know, I'm tooling around. I'm like, I'm gonna crack up one of these great beers and. It was one of the girls swing top style. Yeah. Flip this, boom, and it had kept fermenting inside the glass because it was infected. Okay. It was a, it was sour. It was acidic. Um, had a red stain on my ceiling uh, that I never got my uh, didn't get my uh, deposit, deposit back. back. So, <laughs> that was gone. So um, that uh, yeah, sorry, uh, Cherry Creek Apartments. Um, <laughs> And for yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Cherry Creek Apartments. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, but I remember tasting it and I remember going, oh my God, this is sour. This is not what beer supposed to taste like. And so I stopped brewing. I was like, I can't do this. This is, I want to make something and, you know, I'm going to kill myself with some of this beer. And yeah. like, you know, it was going to make me, you know, make me sick. So I was still going back and forth and doing some freelance work for uh, ESPN and CBS at the time. So okay. I went back up to uh, Johnson City. Uh, and the uh, race was uh, the Bristol race was okay. in town, and so I was running camera for that. And I was staying with some of my friends, and went to the beer store to uh, just you know, buy some beers to thank them for letting me crash at their place, mm -hmm. and uh, picked up this one beer uh, that was wrapped in paper. And okay, I never seen anything like that, especially in, like in Johnson City in Bristol, and uh, grabbed this bottle. And it was Leafman's Hot and Bond. It was a Fl uh, Flemish Brown Ale. Okay, I tasted it, and I was like, oh my gosh, that has like that lemon acidity to it that that sour that sour patch kids taste to it yeah and i was like holy cow this is a thing because <laughs> i always did you know i always like warheads things yeah. like that okay. growing up and so um when i got back into got back to nashville uh that next week i was kind of i'm gonna i'm gonna learn how to brew these and you know this is you know, 1999 2000 and so you know it's not like we had you know this great thing called the internet that was you know as expensive <laughs> right, right. Right. but it was still dial up and, uh, you could get it so, in a mail or yeah, blockbusters on the disc spent my 50 hours uh, trying to find somebody to uh, tell me about sour beers and nobody could and so a few years later i started a blog and decided that i was going to try to tell the stories and try to pull back kind of that veil of mystery on uh, sour and wild beer okay and so i started writing about it brewing a lot more asking questions a lot of the uh, west coast brewers at the time uh the russian river folks uh lost abbey um those folks were really starting to experiment with wild yeast barrel aging beer and uh 
at that time, people just want to talk about hops and how bitter you could make a beer. And that yeah. was back in the IBU race days. Yeah. But they're like, well, we've got these other great projects that we're really passionate about, and nobody was interviewing them. Mm-hmm. And so I was fortunate to be around at that time to uh, to interview them and just basically learn from the greatest greatest on the planet. And they were very open. And nice. so that's kind of how I learned it. Yeah. <laughs> that is, yeah, that's a that's a come to glory story. It was, yeah, no, that was like full circle. That was pretty cool. So, Linus, you have Yazoo Brewing. And I, well, I know when I moved up here, I don't, in, in 2013, there wasn't a sour, was there, was there a sour That was program about when we got it started. Because I, had, um, me and my wife had started Yazoo back in, it's October of 2003, so we just came up on uh, 17 years. Okay. Um, and we always wanted, before we started the brewery, to go to Belgium and bike around and visit all these world-class you know, breweries like Rodenbach and Leedman's and Pantheon. Mm-hmm. But then we had kids, and, uh, and <laughs> then life and, happened. You know, yeah. Ten years later, I finally like we got some time. The grandmas will take them. You know, we can go for two weeks, and so so we biked all around uh, Belgium in the summer um, of probably 2012, 2013, 2012, July 2012 was the first. Yeah. Um, okay. I saw that barrel the other day. And <laughs> of course, came back just all inspired, you know, to make those styles of beer. Just didn't know how to do it. Um, but uh, I'd gotten to know Brandon through the Homebrew Club, and he'd actually come and done some uh, benefit beers at Yazoo. Um, so we'd gotten to know each other, and he'd always bring some of his special projects he was working on when we were doing batches. And, and, and I, so I called him up. I was like, man, I really want to do something at Yazoo like that. He says, well, you know, what a coincidence. Um, you know, my <laughs> next-door neighbor is Vinny Salerzo's brother, and he said he could get whatever barrels we needed to to get started with. And so... Our very first barrel that we put sour beer in was um, our Hefeweizen wort that we put into one of uh, Russian Rivers, um, was it Supplication? Consecration. Consecration. Consecration uh, batch one barrel. Uh, beer. So that we had that very first barrel started off with a barrel from uh, from Russian River. Oh, that's and cool. this awesome. is at our uh, Division Street down in the Gulch location. Mm-hmm. It was upstairs where we had like a, an old mezzanine. Um, and then one barrel turned into, you know, like 40 or 50. And, right. And and dangerous getting, up there. I was right. really worried about cross-contaminating our, our, our clean beers um, with some of these wild, funky stuff. So we looked around and we found this little warehouse over kind of by the, over here off of Elm Hill Pike, kind of by the airport. Um, so we leased it and we bring the work from the production brewery over here and start barrel aging it here. And yeah, it's just like, you know, one barrel turned into, you know, whatever we got here, a couple hundred plus these big fooders, you know, that hold right. uh, 40 barrels at one time of sour beer. Um, and yeah, we always liked it. It's kind of funny when, um, when Russian, I mean, I'm sorry, when, uh, when Wicked Weed sold to Anheuser-Busch, um, what, three or four years ago, um, I think that turned us into the biggest sour beer, independent sour beer producer in the Southeast, at least. Um, nice. Y'all not gonna sell out on this, are you? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't think you might might, have people picketing outside this. Right <laughs> okay. um, plus, well, I yeah. like to skateboard through here too, and I don't think they'd let me. <laughs> no, I don't think no. <laughs> yeah, but, no. You know, and then uh, the very first year we submitted um, uh, cherry derouges, um, our, our uh, Flanders red aged and red wine barrels, and this one had cherry added to it. Um, won a uh, bronze uh, medal at the Great American Beer Festival, so that was that was kind of a, like a stamp. Okay, I think we're going in the right going in the right direction with the sour beer. Um, well, for me, that was a real 
stamp of a stamp of approval because the year before um, I couldn't get into the building to even get a ticket to even attend. Um, mm -hmm. I had okay. tried. I was writing. I was writing the blog and stuff then, and I. I tried to get in to interview people, I tried to get media credentials, and with all my credentials, um, the people that were running their uh, their service at that time uh, wouldn't allow me access. So I couldn't even get in the building to even go to GABF, and then the following year I was on the stage getting a medal <laughs> and being, you know, and everybody's your friend. Just love how things started from the bottom, now I'm here. Couldn't even get in the building, yeah. now I'm on the stage, yeah. in your face. So that meant, I mean, that just, that meant, that meant a lot too, just to be, just to get that recognition, just to see Nashville put on the map for sour, wild, barrel-aged beer. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just to know that we were doing something that people enjoyed and something that, that you know, I felt like we were doing very, very well at a world-class level that no yeah. one else was willing to uh, invest the time in doing. And it does. It takes time to do all this. There's a lot of, there's a lot of hurry up and wait is, is, uh, is what we like to say. Okay, so I know we didn't we didn't say what we were drinking. And I looked over and I thought there was beer in there, and all of a sudden it evaporated. Yeah, no, we've been <laughs> sipping now. We've been sipping. Crazy so I want to. I swear. I want to at least tell them while I have another sip and can really give my thoughts on it. But tell uh, tell us about the Cezanne de Bois. Cezanne de Bois. De so Bois. It got to be a little fancy. Yeah, you got to. You okay, a little yeah. fancy. De Bois. Um, got the French. Yeah. <laughs> so um, this is our uh, just kind of our. Uh, say year round we make it a couple times a year uh saison that we uh that we age in these uh 20 30 year old uh red wine punchins and punchins are larger barrels here seen a wine barrel basically it's like two and a half three times the size of a wine barrel okay and um so we've got this cool project where we um uh will pull out the beer and uh, we never totally clean the barrels up, and we always leave some behind from the previous batch. So it's okay. kind of a perpetual blend of beers. And so it's uh, we always just make a saison with just our house saison yeast, and when uh, when that ferments all the way out, it goes into the oak, and then we blend that. Well, sometimes when you're blending, you just find these very special barrels, these right. casts that just taste like I can't blend this. This is too <laughs> good on its own. So this is the first release. We just released this last week. Uh, it's a single cask number seven. And uh, cask seven to me had a lot of kind of white wine and um, kiwi type character to it. And uh, you know, some more lime acidity, not necessarily lemon acidity to me. And uh, just some bready kind of um, soft wheat feel uh, that I really, really liked. And I just didn't, I, I didn't want to let all those nice characters mm -hmm. get blended out or, you know, sent into nuance or something like that. So, um, so yeah, we've started pulling a uh, single cask, um, single cask versions, hundred uh, percent bottle carbonated, uh, in green glass. I'm a big fan of green glass for, um, saisons and for our, um, uh, spontaneous beers. There's okay. a certain with different, um, different varietals and hops and uh, different acidity and different microbes, uh, that kind of light struck character that some people, you know, if you put an IPA in there, that's gonna be a terrible beer. Yeah, okay. But so you put in something with a mixed culture, all those, all those, um, all those microbes, 
they react to that chemical reaction differently than just a house yeast with with hop oils in there. Gotcha. And so it creates this whole other pleasing character to me of like hay and fresh cut grass and like you know some pear cantaloupe characters okay. that we don't get when we put that beer in amber glass. Yeah. So and that's sort of a traditional way uh, in Europe. They you know especially in, in uh, Belgium and France they use a lot of wine bottles and a lot of wine bottles are green. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's sort of a uh, a nod to tradition um, okay. as to what they do, but I, I do believe I enjoy those beers out of uh, out of green colored glass more so than I do amber. I can see that. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I just recently learned about light struck and you know the different um, color glasses and yeah, percentage like, of sun. You know, it keeps out. Yeah, if you have a say a Heineken. Uh, green bottle versus the cans it's the same beer but it tastes completely oh, yeah. different i've heard that and i that's no, true it's I more can, metallic in the can obviously but yeah and then you don't get that that skunky european pilsner flavor in the cans either. Not at all. that would make sense i never i mean so i've had the two and now I, I, somebody said that on the call that we were on talking about it and i was like you know what they are different but when I drink a Heineken, I'm usually not like, hmm, let me taste yeah. this beer. Like it's right. Heineken's to be one of the ones that I will just throw back. Like that is my uh, more commercial beer as opposed as opposed to like Bud Light. But like Heineken's Dos Equis, something with a little kick. It's the one that's the best deal in the airport in Amsterdam. Yeah, for sure. Heineken. I went to yeah, I went to the um, the brewery there. That was that was a cool experience. The Heineken. They had um, some really good installations and beer, of course. Like it was fun to just walk around. There's a really fun um, um, event that I didn't happen this year, but um, just you know, it was COVID, like God everything else COVID. in the world. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Carnival Britannomyces mm. is held in Amsterdam okay. every year, and it's just like a it's it's an incredible gathering of folks that do mixed culture beers, Brett beers. Um, you know, the brewers from other breweries show up from all over Europe and come to Amsterdam. I am about to look for that. Yes, I need yeah, that. Yeah, you need to look next year. <laughs> it is so fun. And you'd be, I don't know how many brewers you visited uh, while you were over there, but there are so many, many great little breweries in, in Amsterdam. You get a lot of these uh, beers, like there's a lot of like Swedish beers I've never had, mm -hmm. and Norwegian beers, and just all these other crazy beers that I've never even heard of from breweries and they're just they're making such good stuff over there yeah and so it's a really fun thing and everything um, is, is uh, education based so there's talks all over town it's not just a beer fest which is a little confusing to some people when they go they it's a beer fest but things are happening all, all over, over town. the city okay yeah awesome. and so yeah. that's really cool so you can go listen to the to the folks talk uh, and they get it because education for these education is always the key yeah. on there because these are never like anything you've ever been led to believe that beer beer is or beer should taste like or right. even look like sometimes or even like some of the ones with corks in them some people would think well, yeah. why is there a cork in this beer yeah <laughs> so there's a lot of education to be had and uh, yeah. that's one of the places that does it really really well is Carnival Britannomyces yeah okay 
I want to go back to Amsterdam. That's already on my there. list. Um, we went to London and flew over to Amsterdam. We, we were going to stay. We were supposed to stay a night. We enjoyed ourselves so much. We ended up staying another night. So it's always it's on our list to go back. And then recently, I've been realizing that I really like Brett Beers, mm-hmm. like the the funkiness farmhouse flavor. Like that's, that's my, nice. my, oh. my that's my thing. Right place. Yeah, yeah. So I'm glad you said that. It's pulled out of Britannia. She's experimenting. Yeah, so never be for sale, but it's a little small experiment thing I did over here. Yeah, okay, cool. I'm excited about that. And yeah, so um, I'm now I've I've been like not on a hunt, but if I'm somewhere, I'm looking to see if they have a Brett beer. So, so. well, Brett's such a fun fun microbe too. I mean, it can produce so many just wonderful characters everything from pipe smoke to leather to pineapple to mango um it just you know i think a lot of times it gets a you know it gets a wrap of creating sourness and it and it just simply doesn't Britannomyces is a yeast it just happens to be happens to be a wild yeast and it ferments out dry um and it can produce it can produce that funky um you know kind of field character and um, character like you're on a farm, which I think in a lot of these beers is something that is, you know, is a nice character. It takes you to a place. It takes you to somewhere, and these mm-hmm. beers do give you like a sense of time and place. And so this is just a little experiment that um, that I did over here with um, two breads that we got from um, uh, from a lab. Um, I was trying to think. We got these. I think we got these from Belgium? East Coast Yeast. Um, but these were isolated out of some Lambic bottles, the Britannomyces in there. Mm-hmm. Okay. So uh, this was a wheat-based, um, just a wheat-based and a Pilsner malt okay. with saws. And um, so, yeah, this has been in the bottle since uh, July. So I think we only fermented this in, in stainless for maybe like five weeks. Yeah. And then it's oh, just wow. been bottle conditioning ever since then. So. You can get a lot of fun extra characters to Britannomyces with the um, with the pressure okay. inside the bottle, okay. so it can become a little more expressive and a little brighter and rounder. And I've, I've found if we go ahead and we bottle them kind of young, yeah, and just let them sit in there and let them kind of work for it, and you know they feel like they're under pressure, and, you know, it's, as opposed to being in the big, you know, thing. a lot like yeah, instead of the big tanks, you know, there's more. Um, there's more expression to me, at least. Yeah, no, I um, I'm enjoying this one. I like this, this one a lot too. The key is always drinkability too. Yeah, a lot of yeah, people like it's easy sours, to you know, just gotta just eat your enamel off your teeth, and that's how I guess that's how a lot of American uh, craft brewers start off. When they find a style like an IPA, they try to make it as hoppy and bitter as possible, <laughs> mm-hmm. and then right. you kind of realize, you know. I like more of a balance, and I like to be able to have more than one of them. And you know, it's not just boasting about you have the highest IBUs or the most tops or the highest alcohol. Or, yeah. Um, and even our beers over here, I guess the first couple of years tended more towards their super sour range. And then you kind of have to know, like Brandon does, like how to work with the different bacteria and the souring things and the levels of hops to kind of keep it all in, in balance. And um, that's what I'm, I love about the beers. We're, turning out now is just they're soft and uh, very well balanced yeah. you taste all the funkiness and there's some acidity there but it's just not just one note kind of like it's very approachable yeah it, it has it depth to it instead of like making it something that is difficult to drink it's just a, a, a complexity 
And it's the the dryness in these two, I think, is where... That's because, what I like about it. Yeah, you know, <laughs> like, I just, I can't stand going and, and this, you know, not a knock against anybody specifically, but I just cannot have, like, these one-note sour beers that are just full of fruit. Yeah. It's fruit and lemon. I mean, you yeah. might as well just get juice and squeeze a lemon over top of it, because that's all it tastes like to me. Yeah. And you just can't get, you can't get flavors like this without time and patience. And right. I think that's what, you know, we, we do so well over here is, and like Lana said, was trying to get the acidity right after the first couple of years. Um, we play with hop levels a lot. Um, hops um, stifle the uh, uh, creation of lactic acid bacteria, which creates the sourness. So, oh, okay. so um, the hops act as a natural kind of cutoff for how much acidity a beer will develop okay. over a certain amount of time. Okay. So um, that's why people started using hops, you know, back in the you know 1600s, 1700s, as they found that you know hops were just one of the many spices they would add. You know, they'd go out in the forest or whatever and pick sage and thyme and rosemary, everything. And they just found, by accident found like, okay, if you add hops to it, it doesn't get sour, or, you know, or it stays stable a lot longer. Um, but when you're, when you're trying to make sour beers, sense. you have to be very careful how much hops you add because you add, uh, you know, a normal amount for a normal beer, you're going to suppress a lot of the. You won't have a sour beer. Yeah. Right. You won't yeah, have a sour acidity. And like the cool ship that you see over here, um, that uh, we'll, we'll get into some of the uh, spontaneous beers, but that's where we uh, uh, put the word, the unfermented uh, beer, out mm -hmm. overnight and it naturally cools and then it draws in all the native. Uh, bacterias and wild yeast and we never add anything to it it's simply what is environmentally available okay so if you but if you yeah. think about it there's a lot there could be a lot of bacteria in the air so you have to play with the amount of hops you use but we also age our hops too we have a, um, a big basket over there over there close your eyes and imagine us there and it's over there it's not yawn it's there. <laughs> uh, so in these burlap sacks, uh, we we will buy up whole leaf and whole cone and pelletized tops and, okay. uh, and age them. And as the heat degrades the oils in them, okay. they become less bitter. But there's other there's other oils and uh, other acids in hops, and so the the bitterness part of it can go away, but the preservation qualities can stick Still around inside okay. there. So that's what we okay. do, and that's and, and that's definitely something that you know, it's been used for hundreds of years in Europe. That's how you make traditional goose and lambic uh, is with a whole uh, whole leaf uh, aged hops, and they're usually aged two to three years. All right. And so they this is they so education, really right? I'm like sitting here, like forgetting. I'm recording. I'm like, Go on, start taking notes. So, hey, I should have pulled some. I can't get over there right now, and over there. Just remember the picture over there. I can't get to it. Just whatever comes up into your mind when you close your eyelids, that's Brandon, where that's it is. Brandon think he's on TV. I know. <laughs> <laughs> if we move over here, yeah. oh, we're recording. <laughs> Have you opened up another bottle? Have you been drinking these, uh, the Brett? Two times? The, it's yeah, a 2X. Okay, 2X. Yeah, so, I'm like, two times? Yeah, it was, um, that was just the to let me know. It was the two that, because um, I think I did like 20 bottles of that. Um, I haven't opened up one of these in about a month. Okay. And it's kind of gotten, uh, it's a bit stable for me now. It tastes about the same that it did a month ago. Okay. So I think I can gather what we're, if, if we choose to use those uh, microbes, 
um, I think I can get, you know, I think I'd have a roadmap as to what I wanted to do with them. Okay. Right now, okay. I, have, I have no plan to use them, but um, if Something we decide to, yeah, we've got we've got stuff frozen here locally. There's a yeast uh, lab technology okay. here. All right. Uh, my friend uh, Jeff Mello, he's got a really cool. Um, project where he is taking from every zip code he can and isolating yeast. So um, Jeff being local, he's uh, taken over the banking of a lot of our wild yeast strains that uh, you know, awesome. are kind of proprietary to us and okay. know, stepped up throughout the year and, and used those in different projects nice. to help give a different, different character, a different nuance to it. You know, not all Belgian beers from it with the same Belgian yeast, just like not all IPAs are from it with okay. you know, Chico or London Three. So mm -hmm. it's um, you know it, it's sort of I, I like to build my recipes from the microbes instead of adjuncts. Okay, because, yeah. I mean, you know, it's like we've, with the beers we've had so far, the first two beers we presented you, uh, neither one of them have fruits. They're just all microbe driven with uh, water, malt, really hops, and yeast. Yeah, I appreciate so that. That's what I that's what I enjoy the most out of my day is blending blending beers like this and selecting beers like that. That's right. beers I can sit around and drink and I enjoy sharing them with people and I think you can open up a big bottle and that's what I fun. like to do. Yeah, that's what I like <laughs> I to do with too. those. Yeah, I, I like the bread. Yeah, I'm just I'm a I'm a fan. Um, yeah, I think I appreciate breads too as well. Yeah. I, I think the other side of it is I really like the West Coast IPA. So I do yes. like a little funk. I like, you know, that's that's where um, I've been. Yeah. And so going into you know that bread, it gives me a funk, but like a mm -hmm. softer. A softer palate, not as much hops at that point. I know. love hops that are also sort of West Coast-ish, like the Chinooks, the Centennials, mm -hmm. mm -hmm. especially in sour. Like some of these beers that we've tasted that have that pininess, that resiny, yep. Uh, yep. that danky, almost ditchweed character to it. Mm -hmm. Those hops play so well with that. And it's, I, I love West Coast. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot. So. So it, yeah. It seems like a natural transition. Yeah, absolutely. And it's also fun. It's like you get to play around with beers and like control chaos. It's that is one of the most perfect ways to put like, <laughs> that organized chaos. It is. It's, it's when you, especially when you put the cool ship out wherever we put it. We put it there, here. If it's at the brewery, well, you, you just move it and just you say you don't know what you're going to get. You okay. may get 600 gallons of vinegar. I mean, you very well could. It's a huge risk okay. to put that out. Yeah. And I mean, we don't. We definitely dump beer. We definitely destroy barrels. And there's some beers that barrels that they're just not good. Mm -hmm. And it's not fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That down the <laughs> and it's not fun when you you sat here and you 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 know, at the end of the day and you're looking around and you're going oh. Gosh, I can't wait till we get to drink that beer and that beer is finished. And then you got to blend it and you got to taste it and you're like, well, that didn't work. Yeah. And <laughs> it's you know, the amazing thing about this style of brewing versus, uh, you know, regular brewery. Like, you know, when, when he makes a batch of wort over at Yazoo, um, a lot of times I don't have any idea what it's just going to be a blonde ale. And I think I'm going to do a third of it this way, a third of it going to those barrels. The rest is going to go in part of this other project. So it's like, you know, it's just given birth and like, I'll figure it <laughs> it's out. It's just like, a grand yeah, bag, pretty much a like like brewery. What I'm going to do with this beer. And, um, so to me, it's just kind of like, wow, I just, you know, I can't even wrap my head around it sometimes. Like, <laughs> like what are we making today? Like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's sometimes the best experience. You're like, where are we going? I, I was know. like, I guess it was about two weeks ago and we were 
making uh, we were making some more saison base, and uh, Linus did ask uh, the brewers that was getting they were getting the mash started. Like, what are you making today? I don't know. <laughs> something beer for Brandon. Yeah. <laughs> that seems really boring. Just, it's just some damn beer. Bottom. I don't know. Yeah, a bunch of saws hops. Yeah. <laughs> it, it'll turn into something great. <laughs> that's all that matters. Yeah. Just, do you trust me? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Just shut that's, up and let me do my job. <laughs> the other interesting thing too is you know like when we started we try to get our beers out in as many places as possible and make a wide variety of styles that are real approachable and session style beers. Um, you know, so a lot of people that have had a Yazoo, they, they think of Gerst or they think of those Peros, you know, and then we kind of try to come back later and say, okay, now that you trust us to make, you know, a beer consistently, uh, here, try this sour. Yeah. <laughs> here, try this wild ale. And uh, it just takes, and that's why Brandon, uh, you know, called his, um, his blog and everything he's been doing, you know, embrace the fun because there's a lot of education. You can't just... You got to prepare people. Like, okay, here's what you're about to try. Here's what you're going to probably taste. You, know, you can't just put a, a super, you know, sour, funky, barrel aged yeah. beer in front of a normal person. They'll be like, "What in the heck?" Right, is this? right. <laughs> I can understand. Yeah, this, is this is gross. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, even though consumers have gotten to be so much more knowledgeable about craft beer, um, to where you you can just say, "Oh yeah, this is an IPA," and they're like, "Okay, I know what that is, and I know what to expect." But you know. You, a lot of these funky sour barrel aged projects, you know, you got to kind of walk them through it and say, here, you know, it's probably not like anything you've ever had before, but hey, do you like, I don't know, do you like balsamic vinegar? Do you like um, red wines? Do you like white wines? Do you, you know, that's here's some of the flavors. Interesting way to introduce yeah. somebody. It's like, you like balsamic vinegar? No, that's weird. Yeah. By chance, you like that? Don't you think do. About beer, In right? relation yeah. to beer. <laughs> Other things that you like, and this is going to be a lot of flavors that you aren't used to in a beer, but you probably recognize. From other aspects of food, or, or, or right. Well, wine drinkers are certainly the easier converts than beer drinkers are. I can see that. Absolutely, they're that makes wine sense. drinkers, especially red wine drinkers, that are used uh, to that uh, tannic acidity, that dryness that kind of sweeps over your palate, mm -hmm. and uh, that jammy. Those all those characters, they're they're like, wow, wait, this is this beer? But, yeah, this is beer. This tastes like you know some. You know, table wine or some or some you know small pet nap project. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what it to them it, it tastes like. And so, I love when we get wine drinkers in. Wine drinkers are like the best. <laughs> easy to comment over. It's the you know it's the folks that uh, uh, you know have only ever had IPAs and you know yeah. and and you know it's just a, such a world a different world and it's a fun one when you see it go off. And they're like, oh my gosh, this is a net. Kind of like my epiphany moment. I love yeah. watching the other folks have their epiphany moment when exactly. it comes to sour beer. Uh -huh. yeah. that's I love that too. And see, that's what, and that's what we're trying to do with the swig. It's like trying to introduce people to a side of beer or um, that they're not really familiar with. Right. You know, and the way to do that is through the education. Yeah. You know, just having conversations about it. If if you're not introduced to it, then you will have no real no idea, <laughs> no concept at, at, yeah. at all. So you can put in anything in front of anybody and be like, just try it. And they're like, I don't know how to approach this or appreciate what I'm drinking. It just tastes hoppy or bitter or whatever it is. And so I just think, like like she said, just like easing people in like okay this is what i did this is what you can expect and when you try it you kind of know you're like okay i can taste the pine or i can taste the 
grapefruit or whatever. If you have a New England or a West Coast IPA, you can kind of tell the difference. Or even a stout or even Berliner or Weisses and things like that. And you, like you tell someone, it's like, it tastes bready. A lot of people I know is they're like, it's like bread in a bottle. I'm like, no, but yes, <laughs> kind of, yeah. maybe so. But and so it's just always kind of fun getting people to understand that and taste it. But oh, okay, it does taste bready, but it doesn't taste like I'm eating like whole wheat bread yeah. right now. Like what's I, that, that softness too? I, I love putting wheat in the beers. Like uh, we were just we just got in some samples of other wheat, and I particularly love that. Speaking of wheat. And beers. Yes. So the beer that we just poured here, we were talking That's about delicious. the cool shit beers uh, and the spontaneous beers. This is Sial Natal, um, mm. which is um, uh, 100% uh, native, uh, native skies. Nat- natural sky, native sky depends on what part of French speaking uh, Europe you're going to pull it from. Yeah. But um, so it's natural good. skies. So it's. This is solely fermented with ambient yeast. We don't add any yeast to this. We put it in our cool ship. A cool ship, for those who don't know, is a large, let's see, like picture a large pan that is kind of shallow. Big brewery hot tub. Yeah, big brewery hot tub. <laughs> uh, that is, uh, ours is made out of stainless. Uh, there are some that are made out of copper, but it basically it's just a big, if you picture a large like cake pan, yeah. is what it is. And you put uh, boiling hot wort in there. And uh, it cools overnight. As it cools, you know, when things cool, they shrink and it draws in. So it'll draw in all the native uh, microbes from the area. Okay. And, um, and the crazy thing What area is, like, did y'all put this in? This <laughs> one would, yeah. So this one would include beers from our 2016, uh, 2016 season and 2017 season. Mm. The season, uh, cool ship season, is always separated by summer. So um, a cool ship season would typically last from about now until March uh, okay. when our overnight temps, uh, when we can kind of plan on them being below about 45 degrees. Okay. Because remember, we're, we're trying to take six, 700 gallons of hot sugary liquid <laughs> and trying to cool it down overnight uh, to 70 degrees in a matter of about 12 hours. Okay. So you have to have that cool night. Um, and so when... Yeah, so when you when you cool it down and the next day we put it into the barrels and then we just let it sit. And a few days later, uh, a few weeks later, we'll finally start seeing active fermentation. Sometimes it's gone longer. At Yazoo, most of the stuff is done fermenting after, what, three days, four days, and then it conditions another yeah. two weeks. Sometimes we've had barrels not start fermenting for two to three weeks. Oh, wow, okay. Oh, wow. Because you're just relying on what's in the air. And at that time, the microbe counts um, could be low. Yeah. I mean, it, it's very dependent on the weather. Was it hot a few weeks before? Or have we been in an absolute stretch of 20 degree weather where everything's kind of dormant mm-hmm. out? Or do we have some of those, you know, January days where it's 75 degrees outside and everybody's, you know, wanting to go to the pool? Right, so, right. Um, and then snow yeah, next week. Exactly. <laughs> So the same day. <laughs> the amazing thing, yeah, it, it's so different from traditional brewing where, you know, traditional brewing, you'll get a pure culture of yeast and you'll get it going in the batch of beer and then you never open up that, that tank and never expose that yeast to the environment again and keep it as clean and sanitary as possible. Yeah. Um, it's where when you make a, a cool shit beer, you know, we'll make the work. We don't even cool it off at the brewery. It comes into the tanks at like, you know, near boiling, bring it over here. We put the uh, cool ship there by the door. 
Um, it's just steam billowing out everywhere, and we leave the door open for a while and blow, you know, uh, which basically we're in the middle of an industrial part. I mean, there's a, a yeah, and I'm telling you, it's right around the corner, so maybe we're getting like good, 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 If you want to know what M. Hill Pikes taste like, this tastes like glazed donut. This tastes like a red light. Intentionally adding any yeast, and it's just what's in the environment. It's what's growing here at the barrel house. Mm-hmm. Um, That's awesome. And it's just, it's just something kind of like the first time we did it. It was just for me. It was kind of like mystical. Like you're just waiting for like you know God to come in and like get that beer going for you. And instead of <laughs> instead of counting on like okay, I know if I take five gallons of yeast out of the bottom of this tank and pitch it, it's going to be fine. You're yeah. just like, is it going to work or is it not going to work? And so were you more comfortable when things were kicking off? And, you know, you I don't had... tell him when things kick off. Okay. I don't, like... He's like, I don't anything ask. else to worry about. <laughs> <laughs> I come in and I'm like, oh, yeah, what happened with that batch? Oh, it's good. It's oh, good. we're good. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. It's, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's in its uh, lag phase. So on, but on, on, that, on, that first, <laughs> on that first batch, did you feel more confident? Because you had been um, brewing sours to an extent. I did, and we did that first batch. Um, that first cool shoot batch we did at Division Street, okay. so at the old Yazoo location upstairs. Yeah. Um, so I, it was actually I felt like I was coming back home for a minute. Okay, we've been over here for three years at that, or two years at that point before we had the cool ship constructed. Okay, and so we brought it over there and we did the um, uh, it did the, the, the all day um, uh, brew day. And in these beers too, we have to. Um, we were talking about wheat. This uses raw wheat, and mm-hmm. so it's not malted, so we have to actually take different temperature steps through the brew day process, and it takes, uh, you know, it takes probably, we could probably brew two normal beers in the time that it takes to make just the work for this one, because we end up boiling it for three hours. It has all the aged hops in it, mm-hmm. uh, but you have to make this strong, uh, strong work with a lot of protein in it, and it's uh, it's about 70%, uh, 60, 70% wheat in here. Okay. And then the rest is Pilsner. And so um, so we boil it uh, for three hours and just get a really good, strong, uh, strong work going. And then expose it to the environment and just say, please work. <laughs> so uh, then the next day, hopefully it's all cool and it goes in the barrels. And I usually keep it on the wet pad. Uh, where the drains are because when it does it starts foaming out of the tops so okay pictures of the barrels the active fermentation yeah uh it'll start foaming out of the top and it's just less to clean yeah yeah no that makes sense <laughs> and then we go blend it uh you know a year or two later and uh this one includes uh the only batch that we cool ship batch that we did at large scale at, at division street then everything else has been over here um, I think we have one barrel left of uh, our very first batch on the large scale, um, but I don't, I don't think it's good. So we might not have any more to work with the 2016. Um, I'll go back and taste it because we're actually into uh, our next season now. So okay. I'm saying it's always separated by summer. Right. And so now we're in the new season of, of cool ship, uh, cool shipping and spontaneous fermentation. So mm-hmm. this one was, I think, mostly Cabernet, uh, Cabernet soft barrels. So. You'll get a little red wine character in there. I get a little strawberry. Um, I get that get the strawberry. Um, just, I'm going to pour a little bit more because I'm really enjoying that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how does, I haven't okay. had one of these in probably a month, so it's kind of nice to kind of nice to taste it. Do you taste the word like when you? You know, I know we have on 
you're brewing regularly, but when you leave a cool ship situation and you're just collecting the environment, do you taste it? You so I don't taste. Um, I don't taste the. Um, the, the word, the beer, after it leaves the cool ship for at least uh, three weeks to a month. Okay. Um, because there's a lot of different um, bacterial phases that happen okay. uh, in a cool ship beer. And so you can get some that are like in an enteric phase that are just really nasty and probably like mess your gut up. Ooh, so right. there's no real oh. reason to taste it. Well, different than... probiotic of sorts, you yeah. know. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I do tell Teacher people. When people do ask, you know, when you mention the word lactobacillus or lactic acid, I do tell them, I'm like, well, that's the same stuff that Jamie Lee Curtis is telling you to take yeah. when you have yogurt. Happy good. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's literally, you know, ours is living. You hear that, people? Beer is healthy for you. That's right. <laughs> We're just trying to put you on game, guys. Yeah. Yeah. We're looking out for y'all <laughs> and I'm your overall good. health. Mm. So why did you go for a cork with this one? Uh, again, it's a traditional kind of thing, okay. uh, presentation-wise. And uh, the corks, I don't know, I, I like the full insert corks. They, it was um, fun. Yeah, I mean, well, to yeah. watch you open it, I'm glad I didn't have to open it. But Corks also, uh, natural, these are natural corks. There's, uh, they're pretty easy to tell the difference between natural and synthetic. Um, but the natural cork, there is, I mean, if you're, I mean, not say do this, but if you put a piece of cork in your mouth, it's got a character to it. Mm -hmm. So real cork uh, from you know from the trees. Um, yeah, it has a character, and if it sits there in contact with it, you will get that extra kind of flavor in there. Especially if you store these um, store these horizontal, okay, uh, like they traditionally would in Belgium. Yeah, uh, they, they go through a process of called wetting, and you see you can see on that cork. Um, where it that was hitting. Line. Yeah, mm -hmm. so you can see where the wetting happened. And so that gets in there and, and expands the cork out yep. uh, into the neck and creates a little, you know, seal. A little better seal. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it, it, for us, it was more traditional. Um, and I kind of like that kind of cork, you know, cellar, musty character too when it hits a certain age. Yeah. What ABV are we looking at on these? Um, these range, uh, that one I'd have to go back and look at around 5.2. Okay. Uh, right. They're typically lower. Uh, I think it's eight, kicking up two. all of the beer that I've had recently, though, because I feel good. That's why I had to ask. <laughs> 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 well, it's hurt now. It's the bubbles. It's the bubbles. It's the bubbles, you know. It's That's what, like with the champagne. It's, right. it's the bubbles. <laughs> good times can make you feel good. Yeah. The, uh, it yeah. might be euphoric talking about beer. Like I'm really learning. I'm like, yes, yeah, tell me about it. You know, I'm. Nah, I'm you I'm can geek you. out. <laughs> we'll yeah, we'll geek out on beer. It's like yeah, we'll listen to it all. Well, the beers that um, you know, when when you do have these spontaneous beers, and we do have some fruit versions, we and um, we haven't released it yet. I think we might release it not this week, but next week. Um, we've got one that is made with uh, golden raspberries that will really like kind of mess with your mind because I didn't know looks... golden raspberries were a thing. Bro. Yeah, I just learned that. <laughs> right when you said that, I, was like, I was today years it's... old to learn that. <laughs> golden raspberries? What you mean, golden raspberries? They don't sell those at Kroger. Yeah, they don't sell those. Like, right. I was like, are these just like really good raspberries? <laughs> they're, the gold, they're the best ones, so they're golden. Yeah, they're really good. Yeah, that's right. Do we get bronze ones at right. the grocery store? What's going yeah. on? <laughs> they, I got these from uh, the, um, a shop up in the Pacific Northwest, and uh, they're orange and golden raspberries. And 
it's the craziest thing because you look at it and the beer is yellow straw color but you smell it and it smells like you have a you know a handful of raspberries yeah in your hand and it just does not visually look like what it's going to taste and smell like okay and so, so i like i like really beers like that. About that yeah yeah that's going to mess good. with some people for that, sure so we just released um, a version of this this past week with uh, uh la croissant grapes and um those are really nice um Grapes that um, that kind of have like an apricot, peach skin type character to them. Okay. They ferment out dry, so um, it, I think we aged that one. I think that was also a caps uh, capsaw barrels in that. So um, yeah, that's available at the tap room. So um, that was another fun one we just released. So we'll get into some more fruiting. Um, our macerations uh, take a couple of months, and okay. because we naturally carbonate and uh, naturally condition, these beers undergo a secondary fermentation in the bottle for like a minimum of six to eight months. Ooh, so, all right. Uh, okay. The beers That's that kind we, of the difference in what Brandon's doing, Brace the Foam, versus um, some more of the kettle sour sours with the fruit added, because you know the intention is you know let the beer completely ferment out, then add the fruit, and then it does another fermentation that might take three or four more months from all that sugar that you just added back to it before it's ready. Um, but then you have a beer that can sit on a shelf or, you know, sit in your cellar for like, you know, years and you're not worried about it exploding or you got to keep this can cold or it's going to blow up on you. Um, where a lot of the, um, the modern trend of making sours is a, is, a, is a kettle sour, you know, one or two day sour, then add a lot of um, you know, pureed fruit into the bright tank, you know, can mm -hmm. it and say, hey, here you go. Um, oh, by the way, you know, make sure you keep this refrigerated or it's going to turn explode. A <laughs> um, a lot of places so, that you know, a lot of those beers are meant to be enjoyed like right after you buy them, and that's it's, but it's kind of like a fleeting moment kind of thing where the styles that Brandon are making are, you know kind of world classic they can sit there and they'll be you know when we release them they're only going to get better and you can you can uh, buy a case or whatever and drink six and put six away for next year for next year yeah oh yeah that's awesome and see where it goes well, the evolution of these is really fun too if you if you ever visit belgium or get a get like a true like Cancion or a Drie, you always see that the best by date is always 20 years mm, okay they came up with that one time because the um um Kind of like our food and drug people here in our government uh, for the European Union said, so you got to have a Best Buy day. You can't just put a consumer product out there. And so, so it was Armand from, uh, from Dre Fontaine said, all right, 20 years. <laughs> 20 years. But I've had I've had gooses. I was lucky enough uh, last summer to have uh, some Lambic at County on uh, that John shared with us that was uh, made in 1974. Wow. And it was That's awesome. His dad made it. Like, yeah, his dad made it when he was still the... <laughs> yeah, crazy. It That's was, wild. He I didn't make this one. My dad did. Like, <laughs> that was two years before I was born. And I was like, this is nuts. Yeah. And it was outstanding. It's just like, I mean, these are definitely like just... Malted wines, and they, I love that. Yeah. They have that. They have that preservation quality to them, and like Linus said, you don't really have to worry about these. You know, making you lose your uh, your deposit at Cherry Creek Apartments. <laughs> <laughs> I still think that'd be a good. So, so <laughs> what is, what would be an indication that we could keep it on the shelf? Like, what is? Yeah, that was my next how, question. How do we know if we yeah. buy something? It's, it's really knowing your brewer and knowing their process, I think. Which okay. Is, yeah, it's sure it's an extra step to ensure that's probably not going to resonate with a lot of people. But 
I think that the folks that, that, that do, that do see Embrace the Funk know I don't kettle sour. Everything that we put out is still living in the bottle. It will always evolve. And mm -hmm. where you prefer to drink it at, I release things at the point I think they're ready. I think they're ready to drink. But I also revisit my stuff a year or two later and go, you could do one more year. So, uh, you know, it's it's knowing the process, uh, trusting the process, and you know we, um, you know, we don't have any sort of, you know, designation on the bottles. It's just, you know, that's just me, and that's that's what I do. Okay. And you know, generally, if you know that they're adding fruit cold to the packaging tanks and then packaging it right away, um, that beer didn't have a chance to ferment out all that extra sugar, and you're going to be you know, it's kind of on the consumer to know to keep it cold and not let it, you know, turn into, you know, a bomb in their trunk or something like that. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, we've all had one I forgot about, like, oh, crap, you know, you open it yeah, up, that like, oh, it smells really good, but it's not going to smell good at all. That happened at my mom's house. I had that one explode <laughs> on accident in her little fridge, so it was just like everywhere. She has like a little mini fridge where she keeps all like wines and champagne. Yeah. I bought one randomly and I think I kept it too cold and then it was like it couldn't handle it and just exploded all in the fridge. Well, at least it did it in the fridge and that was just like one contained spot. Yeah. I haven't had any exploding yet. And I use right, it. Yeah. You know, I'm gonna, I plan to drink a lot of beer, so you know, there's time. And it's like, I'm not too worried about it. <laughs> I've stuck a bottle on my ice maker before and uh, forgot about it. Yeah, and, uh, interesting ice. Yeah, the next day you know, I see open up like, wow, huh? Yeah. Yellow icicles, how did that happen? Yeah, this isn't beer related, but my cousin back in the day put a pickle on the ice. And he just liked cold pickles. Mm -hmm. He really loved pickle juice and all of that stuff. I wonder if he still likes that. I have to follow up. But he put it on the ice and we were using the ice maker. So we didn't, you know, you're not opening it. We're making fucking sodas and just... <laughs> We're like, why does this taste like pickles? Why does this like, taste what is like going on? Pickle. What is happening? And I don't exactly remember what happened, but we found out it was him putting out his his pickles just right on the ice. Oh. It wasn't even like you want you put it in a plastic bag or anything. Just it was just like straight just pickle on the ice. On naked ice. <laughs> Man, that was a rough. That was a rough. Like we had to throw the whole thing away, of course. Um, but it was a rough couple days. <laughs> that was a or a couple hours, like however many cups of soda we had, because I think he was there for the weekend, so it was something like that. And of course, you didn't know what was going on initially, so it's like, am I tripping? Am I stroking out? What is going? On? But I'm seven, I like I don't really know anything about a stroke. But have you ever had Kool Aid pickles? Yeah, yes, I have. I um, once, not against it. <laughs> Well, I'm not big on I'm not that big on pickles. <laughs> okay. So I, I did the whole thing. I'm a, I love some pickles. So like, Kool Aid was like, it was weird. I was like I need to give it another shot. You got to use the tropical punch. That's that's the only one. That's okay. the trick. <laughs> the they had like grape or something yeah, like that. It's Mississippi guy here, yeah. so it's. I think that's uh, why it, I help you from. Jar picks seed in a jar Oh yeah, I know about I know about that. I was like. I had a grape one and I wasn't feeling it. I might need to try yeah, a chocolate try the one. Yeah. I don't know. I just I had red. Whatever color red was, yeah, red that's the green. one. Red, green. 
Yeah. yeah, that's the one I used to. I had. I think my first one. I've had it twice. I've had one, like a friend brought a pickle to school, and I was like, "What are you eating?" Because we didn't do pickles, <laughs> and I probably was traumatized off of the ice, and haven't really been able to bounce back since. But they brought the pickle, and I'm, and they brought me a piece, and it was a, it was a red pickle. Yeah, it was like a red that's pickle. Probably the trouble. Yeah, it probably was. I, you know, there's a couple reds, but this was back in the day, so it was very like now you. It was like five flavors back. Yeah, <laughs> back in the day it was purple, it was like, <laughs> green, red, and like yeah, I think you had lemonade, like yellow lemonade or something yeah, like that. Strawberry, I'm a strawberry like lemonade. That. Candy. You know, we yeah. just probably talked about like the next beer somebody's gonna make. <laughs> oh, the, yes. Oh my we, God! We if you send a Kool Aid, if you yeah. make a Kool Aid pickle, just send it. Ten percent of piece, not split. Right. right. <laughs> a piece. So yeah, it's forty percent amongst four of us. That would be oh, rough. I thought there was eight of us here. Don't <laughs> yeah, all seventy-five of us. <laughs> Um, I've got another beer too I wanted to pour you that it's only on draft and it's just something I make here yeah. for, uh, for myself and I think Linus oh we still have that yeah, and then we have the uh, barrel aged uh, cinnamon yep, step. Yep. yes so this will be a nice you're going beer. into the world I enjoy I love yeah, well, I can see him over there <laughs> So you should ask like you did say that he did say we have a barrel aged cinnamon yes and so I was like, I had a kind of just a question about you, you guys' series. Is it where you wanted to be in the craft beer scene in terms of marketing and how much you guys sell to customers? Or are you like, okay, how can we make this bigger? Yeah, you know, I think the first years were just trying to get a handle on the process and um, getting everything in balance. Um, and it's it's a shame this year. I feel like we had a really great you know plan going into March. I think a lot of people had the most perfect 2020. Yeah, I know. And it was like, oh, hold up, we're making a trash for COVID. From Atlanta, or both of y'all live? Yes. Okay. Yeah, we just uh, we just launched down in, in Atlanta and in uh, in Alabama. Oh, nice. And, okay. Uh, had a bunch of people excited about uh, not just Yazoo, but also the Embrace of Fun kegs we're sending down there. And then, you know, a week later, everything just shut down. Yeah. And not just in Nashville, but, you know, everywhere. And right. Everywhere. <laughs> it's just a collective wind taken yeah. from people's sails. You just felt it. But the interesting thing about, you know, with, with Yazoo, when we started, I tried to just focus on Ooh, um, Nashville like and branch out from there. Um, and figured, okay, once people get familiar with our branding and, and know that we can make, you know, consistent, good, clean beers, we'll come back later and do some of the crazy stuff, you know, the, the, the funky beers. Um, and so, but you can't rely on just Nashville to sell, uh, you know, to drink as much uh, sour and wild beers as we're making here. Right. So we're definitely right. casting um, our distribution net a lot further with the Race the Funk stuff. Which is good on one hand because it's so stable. You know, it's not a, a hoppy IPA that you got to drink. You know, within two or three weeks, or it kind of loses its luster. You know, it's it's stuff that it can sit on know, the shelf. I mean, we can, don't want yeah, that. It's only going to get stronger but, <laughs> or send, better. You can send twenty cases of this market, twenty cases of that market, and people that know what it is will go out and find it and seek it. Um, so you don't have to have a dedicated like salesperson, you know, in that market. You can kind of people will recognize the, the style. Of oh, Yazoo's here. Get like five of these <laughs> um, now. And and what we've done, yeah. So that's how we've kind of branched out 
okay. beyond where we normally sell just Yazoo to where we're selling some of these. We've even sent some uh, pallets, a couple pallets of beer over, you know, overseas to you know to Amsterdam when Brandon got invited to come speak at the um, Carnival. Tanamices and you know a few other things that were like we got we shipped some beer down to uh, to uh, to Tampa for Cigar Cities you know Hunapu Day you know where we wouldn't normally be distributing down that far away from Nashville yeah so it's kind of allowed us to have a lot more fun (laughs) than if we were just making um, kind of easy nice sessional beers all the time Uh, kind of have an avenue to experiment. And then, you know, hey, if, if we can sell a couple pallets of beer there, heck, let's do it, because that means we get to go visit, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> reason for it. Right. right. Oh, about I got to go on the job trip. Yeah. Oh, yeah. no. We started selling in, uh, in Charleston, uh, South Carolina, a couple years ago, just because I was like, I figure we can probably sell a couple pallets, and that'll pay for a beach trip once or twice a year. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. It worked out. There we go. <laughs> that is clutch. So what are we what are um, we trying yes, This one please. I thought if we were going to transition into some cleaner side beers so this is just a little fun thing that i do for over here that's a blend it's kind of a co-fermented hybrid of uh, lager yeast and saison yeast so you're still going to get some of those uh kind of funky um phenolics from the saison yeast uh, but you're going to get that smooth uh lager that hoppiness um in, in a good pilsner. Mm-hmm. So uh, this is just something I do for over here. And this is around like 4.8, 4.7%. And uh, summertime, hot days, lunch break, it's it's the perfect beer for me to for me to drink on. It's still, it's got everything that I want in it. Dryness, hop firmness, that uh, that noble hop character to it, but still that Saison dryness. We are beer, like we are beer kindred spirits or something. Cause this is definitely, is I was delicious. like, I can just drink a lot of this. I can put this back. It gives, yeah. It's funny how quick the glasses go down. <laughs> yes. It's like, it's throw so it good. back. Yeah, it's like the perfect balance of yeah. the Saison and lager. Yeah. Cause I thought it was just straight lager. I was like, okay, I get the maltiness mm-hmm. and a little bit of that. So, like, it's kind of fun knowing yeah. that Saison's in there. Yeah, yeah. It was like a funk or like a farmy, you know. Yeah. Like that, that was good. I, didn't get I'm like, I was later. waiting for him yeah, to sort of like explain a, it. Like a, I don't want to say roughness, but there's like a, a rustic, I guess. Rustic's probably the right word. Yeah, yeah, character. rustic is perfect. Uh, for <laughs> it, that, that I enjoy in it. So it's still, it's still got all those characters that I think that yeah. I want for a, you know, midday beer or something like that. Oh, yeah, that's or, perfect. You know, just kind of transitioning or something. That's about the cleanest thing I have here. <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah. not in can from, uh, from Gazoo before we start drinking uh, stouts and, uh, and, uh, and spice beers. I did enjoy that because I tasted it on the aftertaste. That's why I was like, oh, this is a lager. And I was like, wait a minute. There's <laughs> funk here. Something. That was, yeah, I was like, I, I, I What's need going to, on? I yeah, I needed like, that. I need more information because it's not a lager. <laughs> it's funny when, when you say you work at a brewery, they're like, oh, I bet you all you do is drink beer all day. I'm like, yes, but we got to be really careful about that. <laughs> yeah. like, and so everybody thinks, oh, you're, you, know, you know, we're just going straight for the pilsners and lagers and having one of those at lunch. Because, you know, you, you want to be able to enjoy the flavor and enjoy having mm-hmm. something you made, but not, like, okay. Not, like, I'm drunk on the job. Like, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, you can't. I mean, especially, like, over here with stacking barrels and destacking barrels and moving things. I mean, it's, I think a lot, I don't, a lot of people need to understand, like, how, I mean, this is, this is an industrial type job and you know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of fun to it we have a lot of fun there's a lot of cool aspects to it call me i was driving over here it's like man uh, i hate to say i i, I dropped them 
you know, all these barrels fell over and crushed. And I was like, are you all right? And he goes, what you mean? You know, I just, we just wasted like, you know, I just knocked three or four barrels over and killed them. It's like, yeah, it was almost like, you know, run over a baby or something. Like, Man, if you're all right, we can fix all the rest of it. Right. It could have been, it could have been ugly, but you yeah, it know, it was just beer ugly and not anything more. I was just mad that the forklift brakes kind of grabbed and it just, it slid. I mean, all it took was yeah. just like, once it slid and those barrels weigh and it just, and it just oh, went man. down. Of course, it was like the last one I was stacking up to. That's so always how it happens. Yeah, it's yeah, always exactly. like, right when you're done, that is disaster strikes. <laughs> I just had my head like he's calling because he's trapped underneath the forklift. Yeah, Rattling yeah. Like, are you all right? Yeah, I'm fine. Damn, here is what it's Oh, God. I'm sorry, hey, man. I dropped them all on me. I am uh, I need you to come over here and help. <laughs> I have problems. I cannot get, get up. Get the vacuum. Because I had like a one gallon wet bag is all I had. And there's clearly more than one. Right. <laughs> clearly more than one gallon. Oh, yeah. There's still sticky parts underneath barrels that haven't moved in a couple of years over there that I just I can't get to them to, to clean it. <laughs> that's just <laughs> added to the. Yeah. Oh, that's just added to You're just built character building. <laughs> that for 2020. is terrible. <laughs> exactly. That's it. <laughs> well, I'm glad you guys like this one. It's a. Uh, it's a favorite for me over here. It's one that I, I sort of want to make on a bigger scale, but mm-hmm. I sort of don't. <laughs> Just because I like having it over here, and it's it's something special for when we have, you know, fun guests and, and yeah. people over here. Just to share something you can't get, you know, really, there's nowhere else in the world you can get this except right here. And I don't have to be the one to pour it for you. So. <laughs> I Good appreciate luck. that. I'm gonna, um, yeah. So for everybody's searching for this beer out there. Yeah. <laughs> So this is searchable, but you like. I wonder. I, I appreciate it, and I wonder if it will be received as well. Like, does everybody typically like it that tries it? You know, there's been beers that I thought were going to be smash hits, and they didn't sell great. We sold it. Yeah, it just it was very slow and took a long time. There's beers that I've been like, oh, you know, this is this is a good beer. It's you know, it's nice. I think people will enjoy this, and then it's like gone. Like, you know, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Uh, I think we released it at the proper time of year you know, with the right kind of discussion around it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, everybody's all about the, you know, the, the crispy boy terminology and stuff like that now. You know, maybe. Um, I'm just not really in a hurry to let it leave this, these walls. Yeah, it's no, like, I understand. Got, like, got I definitely get it. We've got Belgian Pels. We've got great... You know, great spontaneous beers that are light and airy. We're making Grisette again soon, so. This is exciting. Like, uh, yeah, this beer is beer. good. Oh, this is Take glass to the Swig Podcast and keep toasting. Uh.